Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1,833. Be prepared to be inspired. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. Today, I'm in Orindo, California, with a very special guest by the name of Robert Apley. Hey, Robert, welcome to Cars Yeah. Do you have it in gear, and are you ready to release the clutch? I am. All right. I think you always are. <laughs> uh, before I give you a proper introduction, what's one thing most people don't know about you, Robert? I would say, I actually, people used to know this about me when I was in college, but... Um... In my career now, I don't talk about it much, but I ran I ran track and field um, in high school and college, and I actually I, I really quite enjoyed it, and I've kind of lost track of it. And now that I'm talking about it again, I kind of wish I could go back to it. Good pun, lost track of it. I like <laughs> yeah. it. What you know? I ran track and field. My son was uh, ended up going to state finals and winning uh, state finals here in Washington State. What did you run? What events? Uh, I was a hurdler, so I ran the 110 meter in college. I was a hurdler, um, 110 meter and 400 meter in college and then I ran the 300 and the 100 hurdles in high school. Very cool. I ran hurdles too. So, oh, uh, no way. yeah, yeah, which is surprising because I'm not a tall person. So, uh, I had to really work at that. To get so, we we are we're opposites there. You were probably really fast. And I was. Yeah. Yeah. So, I'm I have I was a form person, but I wasn't that fast because I'm 6'2 and lanky. Ah, I see. Okay. Yeah. My son, he was a 400 meter runner, which he used to say was the most awful way to get back to where you started from. Uh, <laughs> he even made a, even he made a t-shirt on that. Yeah. And he also ran the, the four by relay, uh, which is a yeah. really fun event to watch. And he did some tour hurdles and other stuff, but that was really fun to go to his events and kind of relive my youth a little bit. And like I said, he ended up going to state finals and, you know, sports are so important. It's like music or cars, uh, you know, the old auto <laughs> shop to round out people's education. So uh, that is a very cool thing about you. Well, let me give you a proper introduction. We're going to dive into what you're up to today. Robert Epley is the co-founder, event partnerships and operations manager and self-described energizer bunny at Vault Auto Club. It is an automotive lifestyle and event business based in Northern California that he started with two of his buddies back in 2020. Wow, starting anything in 2020, you're in for a wild ride. <laughs> Robert's love of cars started at the age of six with an inherited 1952 MG TD. He earned a dual BA in biology and political science from Swarthmore College and his professionally experienced lies in brand strategy, consulting, and freelance automotive photography. Robert has no particular automotive brand allegiance today, and his car history shows it. <laughs> that being said, he grew up infatuated with American muscle cars and picked up a bright red 68 RSSS Camaro, which is very nice, when he graduated college two years ago. It's been a slippery slope, slope since. Welcome to the car world, Robert. We'll be <laughs> back in just a minute, but first a word from our valued sponsors. So sit tight, keep the seatbelts on. We're going to the vault. We'll be right back. Summer's here, thank goodness, and that means long, hot days. Covercraft's UVS custom sunscreens are quality made and are incredibly fast and easy to use. Your UVS sunscreen is custom tailored for your vehicle, and the accordion design ensures easy storage. Not only do they protect your dash and interior, 
for maximum protection while parking in the sun, sunscreens keep your vehicle's interior significantly cooler. They're durable and dependable for years of use. I have one for all my vehicles and I use them every time I park my car when I'm not going to put the cover on. You can choose from a variety of colors including the original, their Premier Series and Carhartt designs. Your sunscreen is manufactured with the quality and attention to detail that's been the standard for Covercraft since 1965. And they make really great gifts too. Get your summer deal today if you use the code YEAH21, Y-E-A-H-21 at Covercraft.com. You'll get 10% off your Covercraft order. That's right, 10% off compliments of cars, yeah. Simply use the code YEAH21 at checkout. Covercraft, protecting the things that move you. Get your own custom sunscreen today. I was tired of my rates for my collector car insurance going up every year for no explainable reason. My carrier seemed to be turning into a media company versus an insurance company, and I realized that a portion of my policy premium was paying for all those so-called free media goodies. So I did my homework, I talked to knowledgeable collectors, shopped around, and discovered American Collectors Insurance. They've been serving the collector car hobby since 1976. You last that long by properly serving your customers' insurance need, not with a lot of fluff. ACI is ranked the number one online collector car insurance provider according to Google, Trustpilot, Facebook, and they offer their real person guarantee live support. No never-ending phone loops when you need help. Plus, because you don't use your classic car as a daily driver, you could save up to 40% compared to regular auto insurance. American Collectors Insurance provides agreed value policies. So if you experience a total loss to your collector vehicle or it's stolen, you'll be paid the amount listed on your declaration page, less any deductibles, of course. No ifs, ands, or buts. Give them a call today and ask for your free quote at 866-A-C-I-Y-E-A-H. That's 866-224-9324. Tell them you're a friend of mine, Mark Greens, at Cars Yeah. American Collectors Insurance, classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. All right, Robert, we're back. So let's dive a little deeper into the corner. Let's talk about the Vault. And it's spelled V-A-L-T, Vault Auto Club. Why did you guys start this? What is it all about? So grab the wheel. Yeah, so um, it's a good question. I, I started about a year ago now with a really good friend of mine named Joe Otati, um, who hopefully maybe you'll get the chance to talk to at some point. Yeah, I um, hope so. I actually met him at a show he was hosting at his college. He went to St. Mary's College out in Moraga here, and I'd been going frequenting his shows for a while, and I kind of had had, had the interest of going into the event hosting space um, and building a little bit of an automotive club business out. Turns out he had the same kind of vision in mind. We got to talking, and luckily we avoided going into brick and mortar right before COVID oh, happened gosh, because yeah. that yeah. would have been a nightmare. But instead of doing that, we started building out in the event space. We brought on another really good friend named Eric Rothenhaus, who's trained in in like the streetwear industry and in, in product design. He's been like immensely helpful to us as well as a co-founder. And uh, you know that was about a year ago. Now we're we're building out shows that have anywhere from thirty to seven thousand people at them, um, and we've partnered and sponsored what. It. Seven thousand? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well you're you're in uh you're you're east of San Francisco there, kinda over the hills, right? Orinda? Yeah, so I 
that's my home address. I, I live out in Berkeley now, actually. Okay. Uh, okay. I was going to say, uh, not a lot of people out there, but uh, <laughs> you definitely are close to where there are a lot of people. My son lives in San Francisco, so uh, and lots of car fanatics there as well. So when you think about the vault... What does that mean to you guys when you created this? It sounds like a bit inclusive of auto events, people getting together, doing things. Yeah, so there's a really long, um, there's a really long arc of growth that we see with Vault. But uh, at the beginning, what we really wanted to do was to build kind of a different format of, of automotive community engagement um, up here in Northern California. It's kind of I don't know if anybody's listening from LA, but in LA, you know you don't have to really try to get people to bring their cars out and show them off and have fun. Anybody will bring their coolest car any day of the week. Yeah. In Northern California, people are a little bit reserved. So our, our goal was to like create a community where people could come and have fun and enjoy the automotive lifestyle pretty much any day of the week in person or digitally. So the first goal was to build out a series of events where we could capture as, as wide of an audience and as representative of an audience as possible in the automotive space. That means Everything from a Honda Beat to a Pagani Huayra. And there's a broad range. <laughs> <laughs> and and um, we wanted to move from that into the media space so that in between events, we could also entertain people. And then there's a pretty big trajectory of growth beyond that in the future, too. So do you see or do you have a physical presence? Uh, you mentioned you started this business uh, early last year, and then all of a sudden the world got walloped and it stopped right. a lot of things. And you think about it, if you guys succeed as you are succeeding in that kind of a startup world, you can make it anywhere. Uh, it's like starting a business during 2007, 2008, <laughs> financial markets melted down if you, if you made it through that. So- if you look ahead to the next two to three years, four years, how do you see this evolving? Do you see eventual physical presence somewhere or wh what's your vision for this? Yeah, so we have we um, we already have an office out in Concord here, which isn't too far away. And we've already been hosting in-person shows, pretty large ones. And I, going forward on the event side of things, I can only see them getting more engaged um, and more frequent. We've had a very hard time, obviously, hosting um, in-person shows as of late, uh, just because of permitting reasons. So as we go forward, I see that side growing quite a lot. We'll just be able to engage people in physical closed spaces more, be able to change the diversity of the events that we offer. And then like, as we discover our ideal customer set, we can also cater those events to the different people that are in, inside of our business, right? So do you see these events being uh, a cars and coffee type thing, but also perhaps tours, driving events, uh, going to special places? Is I'm sure a lot of things are, are rolling around in your head. Yeah, so there's been, we've, we've done a pretty wide range so far. So we've done, like you said, cars and coffee style events. We also have done like larger format shows. So we did a, an activation back in February, actually, where we brought Lucid Air, um, the electric vehicle manufacturer, in and we did... Uh, we, we gave them a big activation space and we allowed them to launch one of their pre-production cars. That was actually the day before their SPAC went public, that was, which was craziness. And then beyond that, we've done a couple rallies already. Um, we've had a, we had two weeks ago now, we actually had our first like in-person after party at one of, after one of our events, which was at one of our friend's warehouses. And beyond that, yeah, we have a couple multi-day rallies planned out. We have some stuff that we want to do at Pebble Beach this year during uh, Monterey Car Week that we're planning out I'm trying to think we have a, a few like interesting collection tours that we're going to release to a select number of members. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All that kind of stuff. So 
Pete, you mentioned the word members then. People can become a member and then they have exclusive uh, engagement with certain events that you have. Because you mentioned also at the beginning digital presence. So for people that don't live in your area, um, they could be involved too, right? Yeah, so we, I, I, we're working on that more now to get live feeds of our events and somebody that can actually walk around and like show off the event to everybody if they're tuning in digitally. Um, right now, we do that in the form of a high, highlight reel where uh, following every event, we have a pretty d- a deep dive into like the overview of what went on at the event um, and a discussion of like what it was all about. That media space kind of walks the line between video and traditional journalism. I love it. It's very cool. With your background in your schooling, you're still a young guy, but biology, political science, and what you're doing now, there doesn't seem <laughs> to be a mix there. So you got to explain a little bit to me. I mean, were you a lot of you know people go to school, they feel they need to get a degree, and that's a great thing. But then when they get out, they go, mm, I think this is what I really want to do. It's what Cars Yeah is all about, people who've wrapped their passion sure. for cars into the things they do. So how did your life evolve since you graduated? You said Two years ago, right? Yeah, two years ago. I graduated 2019. Yeah, into what you're doing now. Yeah, so, I mean, I guess I could go back into college and talk about why I majored and what I did. So I, I came from a family of, of doctors and people in the medical industry. So uh, naturally, I had a pretty strong draw to biology and anything related to medicine. Um, I still do. I still like really enjoy that field. But I found myself always gravitating back to the automotive industry when I was in college and high school. I I did a lot of freelance automotive photography for like car enthusiasts um, just to make some money on the side. And I enjoyed that more than any other work I did. Um, after I graduated, I worked at a brand strategy consulting firm um, called Cunningham Collective. I worked for a woman named Andy Cunningham there. She was one of the early brand strategy people at Apple with Steve Jobs, actually. And I learned an immense amount there about positioning strategy and marketing strategy. And I, I felt pretty comfortable by my, the last, you know, I guess a year and a half in, mm-hmm. felt pretty comfortable using some of that knowledge to build my own business. And it got to be a big enough job just to manage that business, which is now fault. And then I decided to leave that job and do this full time because I just didn't, I enjoyed it so much. I haven't looked back. <laughs> You're fortunate to have found that passion early. A lot of times it takes people a long time to dial that in really tight. And it's a nice segue to my next question, which has to do with driving inspirations. People who have been key mentors in your life, who've helped you move along, be influential and be successful. Uh, who would that be? Yeah, yeah, I looked at this question. I was thinking about this question. It's really, it's a tough one because there's so many people, you know, I'm yeah, sure yeah. people always have a hard time. Like you, you naturally gravitate towards your mom and dad. Or at least I do, because they're they're immensely supportive people in my life. But then there's also people in the business world that have supported me hugely. Um, And I think, I actually talked this over with my girlfriend for a while. I think the name that I land on the most is um, a fellow named Sean Charles. He is an avid supporter of our club at the moment. He's involved in our video space. Um, I met him very early on in 2020. He has a really cool collection of cars. And... He started a company called Beacon Healthcare out here in the Bay Area. That's a an at-home healthcare company. Mm-hmm. He provides insight on every step of the way of like founding a, and growing and scaling a business. The book that I actually like have to recommend is from him. So yeah, he I'd say I'd say he's one of the most instrumental people in my recent life in providing guidance. You're very fortunate. You said his name is Sean Charles. Yeah, Charles. Charles. S-H-A-U-N. S-H. Okay. Well, you're very fortunate uh, and and very wise, too, to seek out mentors like that. 
finding people like that that can help you that have been successful or is invaluable, kind of an operating MBA, if you will, as you're moving through what you're up to. If you yeah. were going to advise somebody, and I know you're just a couple years into this, but if you were going to advise somebody today to move into this space or seek out what they're passionate about, how would you do that? How would you become the mentor? Yeah, I mean, specifically in the automotive industry, it's a it's a great question. I think I, I have to fall back on what I did and you know how I could use that to inform mm-hmm. that advice. Is I looked at like the skills that I had, which, like I said, was in the brand strategy and consulting space, um, photography and media creation, and I took that and morphed it into you know what I do today. So I think it's a combination of looking for what really piques your interest in the space and then looking for like the base skill set that you can use to add value to that. You and I had a, a interesting pre-show chat where we spoke about that you as a young person, I'm living in the same time, but as a young person is are living in or is living in the most incredible time, I think, in the history of the world as far as advantage and opportunity to Mm -hmm. do things and be creative and create things. You can create a podcast, you can create a YouTube video, a vlog, all these things on relatively small budgets, if not a zero budget, just your time, which of course is the most valuable asset any of us have, especially as you get older, you realize how important (laughs) time really is. So uh, I think it's a, a fascinating time for people to be living in and the world is your oyster because there's just so much opportunity out there, right? Yeah, it's pretty incredible. And I actually, one of the other people that I wanted to name as a mentor earlier named Young Han, he was an advisor to my old company. He like drilled that thought into me and he was like the biggest proponent of me leaving and doing this full time. Mm-hmm. And he, he basically just tell me all the time, he's like, there's almost, there's no cost to learning things nowadays. I can go on YouTube and learn anything I want skill set wise or I can pick up a book and learn it, and I can apply those skills the same day. It is fascinating to me. And you think about automotive, and I didn't mention it in your intro, and we're going to talk about that 52 MGTD and the experience <laughs> you had on you watching a YouTube page that you thought, oh, this is how you do it. Uh, but I've my listeners have heard me say this. I mean, you can go onto YouTube and learn how to extract your own teeth if you really wanted to do that. <laughs> <laughs> it's just mind-boggling, and it just keeps growing and growing and growing and growing. And I, I kind of wonder what this is going to do to the college experience and education, yep. formal education, because I think, in fact, I know, especially when it comes to the trades, that a lot of young people are going, you know, I don't need to go to college and get a degree in something that I'm not really that interested in, but I felt like I had to. Maybe my parents were pressuring me or my peers or something. I can go do what I really want and I can learn how to do it relatively inexpensive inexpensively compared to the, when you look at the massive debt that people are under with college loans, it's heartbreaking to me that so many people come out of school with basically a mortgage tied around their neck. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So if you don't have the means or you don't want to spend your money that way, there's so many opportunities. I we're just, I'm amazed. I wish I'd had these opportunities when I was young, but uh, I have them now. So I'm taking advantage of it. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, very, better late than ever. Uh, absolutely, yeah. Teaching an old drug new tricks. We're going to take a short break. Thank our sponsors we come back. I'm going to ask you about a big challenge that you've faced, so sit tight, keep the seatbelts on, and we'll be right back. What began as a charitable car show has grown into the world's greatest collector car auctions, raising over $133 million 
for charitable organizations to date. For nearly 50 years, automotive enthusiasts from all over the world have enjoyed the Barrett-Jackson Collector Car Auctions, and I'm a huge fan. Regarded as the barometer of the collector car industry, their auctions are world-class lifestyle events where thousands of the world's most sought-after unique and valuable automobiles cross the block in front of a global audience, in person, on TV, or streamed online. Barrett-Jackson produces the world's greatest collector car auctions in Scottsdale, Arizona, Palm Beach, Florida, Las Vegas, Nevada, and new for 2021, Houston, Texas. The excitement of Barrett-Jackson auctions is contagious, and a unique experience is not to be missed. And coming soon, something new for you Cars Yeah listeners. I'll be teaming up with Craig Jackson on the first ever Barrett-Jackson podcast, coming to your mobile devices every week. Listen here on Cars Yeah and check out the Barrett-Jackson website for unique details on this new exciting podcast that I'm very proud to be a part of. And be sure to visit BarrettJackson.com today. Barrett-Jackson, the world's greatest collector car auctions. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah, and I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in a unique and personal way. Five days a week, thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at carsyeah.com or connect with me through the Cars Yeah website at carsyeah.com. So Robert, let's talk about a big challenge. You're still, you're a young guy, keep mentioning that, but you are, but no doubt you've come up against some challenges uh, starting a business during COVID. Yeah, there you go. That's a big (laughs) one. So talk about one in particular, but more importantly, what was that lesson learned that was so valuable that you'll learn as you go through life that these, these times that are difficult are really valuable if you look back on them in a positive way so walk us through a bumpy road would you yeah i mean you kind of have already mentioned it but i think starting 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 a business through covid was an um, events business yeah yeah (laughs) business through through covid was one of the biggest ones um so we you know we started vault early on and we actually like i said earlier rather than going into the brick and mortar space we went um just directly into the open event space we were lucky enough to be so small that we were just a blip on anybody's radar at the time. So we wouldn't really get in trouble. We were hosting very small events, open, big open air events, you know, little car shows. Mm -hmm. And it, it kind of came down to us trying to walk the line between what was okay to do during COVID when everybody was obviously very scared of what was happening. And, and, and there were, there was a lot of legal issue with hosting events like that. Um, And then also trying to like meet our bottom line and, and our growth number, like our our, hit, hit our growth targets. Right. And I was, we were immensely successful in doing it, but at the time it was very hard to know what was the right decision to make. Right. Um, We got, we hit, we, we saw a huge amount of backlash at one point in a town called Moraga um, where we hosted a couple of shows and we were hugely strict with COVID precautions. Uh, I had to kick a couple of people out who called me a communist for making them wear masks. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, at the show, it felt like we were doing everything that we could. And then we went on, I don't know if you've heard of Nextdoor, the app where everybody, oh, yeah. everybody has an opinion. Um, <laughs> <laughs> everybody has an opinion online. They're so brave at the keyboard, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. So we went on Nextdoor and, there was a huge, huge column of 
like like 500 comments long with this this thread that was basically calling our show Sturgis and Moraga. Mm. I don't know if you've heard of Sturgis. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's like that motorcycle gathering. Huge. 50,000 people happened in the middle of COVID. And I, our event was probably 350 people, 400 people at that point, mm-hmm. which is large, but, you know, it's over a multi acre lot in the open air with high wind flow. Everybody was yeah. prodigiously wearing masks. We were handing out hand sanitizer. You know, we were very on top of things, yeah. following, all, yeah. following all, all the contact tracing, all of that. Mm-hmm. And I was furious. Because this person was somebody that just drove by the event, didn't look at it. They were saying all these things, all these laws were broken, all this other stuff. And in the comments, you know, there's a bunch of people like were actually at the event and they were defending it, which was really nice to see. But for me, it was like, it was a bit of an awakening. It was like, okay, well, one, the one learning was we're going to leave Moraga because Moraga isn't the right place to do this. But the other one was like how to, it was kind of a foray, foray into my first foray into managing PR Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so it, was, it was my first. It was my first attempt at like writing a public press release. So I sat down and write a wrote a really long response to these people and um, ended up getting a lot of a lot of like thank yous and a lot of like oh that's that's some really good insight. Like we didn't realize you were doing all this, put all this work in. Yeah, I mean, going forward from there, it was just we had the same kind of experience multiple times throughout the pandemic, but that was the very first one, and that one cut deep. Well, you know, sometimes it's good to learn those lessons early and learn them hard because that way they stay in your brain. Yeah. Uh, pain, you know, we don't, it's an interesting thing, and you know this coming from a, a family medicine and studying biology, having a degree in it. The brain doesn't remember pain, meaning you can't just go, I want to feel what I felt exactly when I cut my hand off. Yeah. <laughs> your brain won't let you do that, but it will remind you that you shouldn't do that again (laughs) because there was a lot of pain surrounded with that. And it's an interesting thing. I guess that's why uh, women have more than one child, because if they remember childbirth, they wouldn't have a second child, right? Uh, Yeah, it's a tough one. So, uh, well, I think it's a good lesson that you learned at an early point in time and learning how to walk that very delicate line with the public because Mm -hmm. you're dealing, you're dealing with public, even the public that isn't even dealing with you. They just, you know, want to be, what's the term they're using? The Karens of the world. I think that's the current one. Uh, I hate to define anything in a group by one person's bad behavior, but I think everybody listening knows what I mean. Uh, There's always those people are going to be naysayers. And it's the same with events. We see it all the time. Just go on YouTube and type in car event, Mustang crash. Sorry, Mustang friends, but you know, it seems to be, you know, all of a sudden (laughs) all the poor Mustang drivers are bad drivers, you know, they're not, but that's the way it goes. So uh, good lessons to learn. I know they were painful, but really good lessons to learn. Let's talk about a bucket list and let's move forward. Let's say, let's jump ahead five years from now. If you could make Vault anything in five years from now in your mind, what is it? What do you see? What's the vision? Yeah, I mean, starting from day one, the vision for the business, which was primarily in the event space still, was to build something, a, tra- a transnational event that rivaled the size, scale, and scope of something like Amelia Island or um, Pebble Beach. One of one of the, I mean, Pebble Beach is, a, you know, it's a very, very high North Star, but that's what we're shooting for, is events of that scale, skies, and you know, scope, um, but to make those mobile. So rather than having them always be fixed in a single location, those events will travel to some of the bigger pockets of automotive enthusiasm in the country. Nice. Now, this sounds a little bit like uh, Lufkult and yep. what uh, they've done with that event where they move it around and 
you know, those listeners uh, look it up. I mean, it, it's incredible. Uh, Patrick Long uh, and his business partner there have started that event around Porsches, and it's just so cool the way they put it in different places and uh, kind of thing. But I think your vision is much grander than that. Sounds like. <laughs> well, there's this. I, yeah, yeah. I mean, if I, I will be very happy when we, um, <laughs> when we come to rival Luca Colt. Yeah. They're they're an immensely successful business. I, yeah. I I admire them a lot. Yeah, I liked your use of that word there, Robert. When. <laughs> very nice. Yeah. Very nicely done. It's all about the mind. Yeah, yeah. That's I caught that very quickly. Let's talk about special cars. Now, uh, the beginning in the introduction I gave you, you acquired or were handed down a 52 MGTD. Uh, my dad's first sports car when I was five was a 49 MGTC. And oh, much cool. later in life, he had a 52 MGTD. Came back to that after years of, you know, raising a family and all the expense money going towards building his business and his family and all that kind of stuff. Talk about that car a little bit, and then we're going to roll that into the 68 RSSS Camaro, which looks like a really sweet ride. But let's talk about and talk about two different cars, an MGTD yeah. to a RSSS, an RSSS Camaro. Holy cow. So still, let's start with the MG. Yeah, so the MG was actually, it was my, um, my grandfather on my mother's side. He owned it, and he, oh, nice. he restored it back in the... I want to say the 80s, he did like a really, really bottom-up restoration. He was a naval engineer and an absolute car nut. And I, I like to believe that my my interest in cars stems a bit from him and a bit from my own dad. But my mom always loved that car as a child. So he, my, my family inherited it when uh, I was six, like I said, in early early 2000s. And um, it actually, kind of, we drove it a lot when I was a little kid. And then it sat for a while. And then we did a restoration when I was in my teens and I actually was more or less the car I learned to drive manual on which was always a great experience you know it's so slow that you can't really mess it up <laughs> yeah yeah go slow fast yeah yeah exactly and it was a ton of fun I mean I just those things stand out on the road like nothing else nowadays um, it's got that pre-war design it's loud as hell it smells um, <laughs> yeah it's a great experience yeah now is it right hand or left hand drive uh, left-hand drive. Left-hand drive. Okay, yeah. cool. Very nice. Now we migrate a little further down the line in both years and horsepower to this bright <laughs> red Camaro you have. What's the story behind that? Yeah, so that, um, like I said, I kind of pulled from my grandfather and my dad with the interesting cars. So as a kid, I always remember my dad and I talking about a 68 Camaros, the 350 RSS as 68 Camaros. He was a I know he had a Cutlass when he was younger, and he had, you know, or actually my mother had the Cutlass. He had a 442. Yeah, I mean, he was always pretty infatuated with the American muscle stuff, and I was too as a kid. It's so, I mean, how can you not be? It's so loud and bright and brash and oh, fun. Yeah. So when I graduated college, we got that, and it was just, I had talked about it since I was a kid with him. So it's a ton of fun. I store it in my parents' house still, and my dad and I drive it, still drive it Was together. it restored when you got it, or did you do some work on it? No, it was actually bought it at Bring a Trailer. And it was owned by a fellow out in Colorado who had it in a collection for a number of years. And he, I, th I think they did a good amount of restoration when, under their ownership. But it's it's very largely original. It's got a uh, matching numbers, motor, trans, and rear end. Cool. Some of the paint's original. It was originally a vinyl top, but the top has been repainted to match the body. 
it's a, it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a time capsule. Yeah. Looks beautiful. Looks awesome. I'm going to crawl into your head a little bit here, Robert, be a psychologist today, psychiatrist. If you woke up tomorrow and you were manifest as a vehicle, this isn't what you want to be. And that's what makes this question interesting. It's your personality manifest as a vehicle. What would you be, but more importantly, why? It's such a hard question, man. This is good. Uh, it's like good. I like making I've, people think. I've had, I've had, you know, I've had similar questions in the past. People always ask, "What's your favorite car?" Of course, That's yeah, an impossible question. What car would I be? You know, I, I really like toy with this question. I'm pretty loud, and I'm very skinny, and I'm very tall. <laughs> I like to talk a lot. Okay. I, I, my mind kind of went to carbureted Alfa Romeos. I don't think I'm. I don't think I would call my personality quite a Ferrari because I'm not like big and boastful and loud like uh -huh. a Ferrari. But I'm definitely like fun and loud like an Alfa Romeo. I love to get out and do things. I love to exercise. Alfa Romeos love to do that. But I also have temperamental shins when I run, <laughs> so, <laughs> so I get shin splints very easily. Like I said, I ran track in college and I always had shin splints. Um, I had a couple stress fractures in high school, so just like an Alfa Romeo, I I get injured and need long periods of recovery occasionally. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I would have to say like a, like, you know, like a GTV, one of those like small compact cars. Um, like I said, when I was a hurdler, I, I wasn't the fastest hurdler, but in raw speed, but I had, I had very excellent form and that was why I could compete. Yeah. Um, that height. So, you know, one, yeah. Right. Right. Well, I love the GTV, beautiful car, even better the GTA, of course, a little more, yeah. little more high strung. What are some of the ways that you see yourself being able to give back, being a mentor in the automotive sector? Yeah, I think tangibly the way I've like seen myself have some impact on um, some of the people around me um, falls into the media space predominantly, uh, like working with and talking with photographers and offering them like, you know, access to coverage at some of our events and exposure through some of our media channels i really like to work with like the local community here in that way the other way would be just through like the college i went went to and through the connections i have and you know connecting connections uh, and trying to be at the center of of that world here in the bay area i really i, I really do love to play that role um, if i can if i can't help anybody out however i can i'd love to do it <laughs> I always ask my guests about a book. You mentioned earlier, Sean, his book. What's the title of that book? Yeah, it's a John C. Maxwell book. Um, it's How Successful People Think. Hmm. It's a short little book, but is a very consistent reminder of, you know, how to focus on growth, how to focus on the bottom line. And one of those things that, you know, I'm, I'm constantly learning how to do and trying to learn how to do, which is how to make decisions with limited information and limited access to information um, and make those decisions confidently. And that's like, you know, a classic CEO ability that sure. I've seen that people have is how to, how to make the right decision with only 60% of information. And that's something I'm trying to learn every day. Well, it's a good thing. Uh, Maxwell, yeah, he's got a whole series of those, how successful people lead, how they grow, uh, success is a choice. Uh, the one mm -hmm. you mentioned, how, yeah, great series of books, uh, great ones to learn from and, and go through. There's a book I read years ago about how to think like Leonardo da Vinci. <laughs> And uh, my wife bought it for me. We were taking a trip to Hawaii. And uh, I typically read mostly just business books. And uh, I don't 
read books that are kind of fantasy and sit back. And that book was a combination of the two, which was cool. The other one was uh, The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari, which is another interesting book. Yeah, you might enjoy that one as well. But I'll make sure I put a link to this book on Robert's show notes page. You can go to carsyow.com, type in Robert Epley, E-P-P-L-E-Y is the spelling of his last name, and you'll find that there. And of course, you regular listeners know there is a wonderful place on the Cars yeah website called Guest Recommended Books, where there's close to 2,000 books listed there. I made it very easy to click and buy. So check it out. You could make a massive library out of all the books my inspiring automotive enthusiasts have recommended here. Let's go on the ultimate drive, but first we're going to take one last break. We'll be right back. So get your thinking cap on here, Robert. We're going to have some fun. We'll be back. I've discovered... Linkage. It's a new quarterly publication and website that covers the automotive market, driving, restoring, collecting, and discovering your passion for motor vehicles. Linkage is about experiences, opinions, and values. Linkage is an actual informed, reasoned opinion based on firsthand experiences. A talented Linkage team covers the automotive world, the people who share your passion, And mine, smart, considered, rational, and experienced opinions. Ones you can learn from and grow. That includes our passion that drives auctions and the collector car market. So come with me and join us on this journey. And be sure to use the code CARSYEAH when you subscribe and they'll give you $10 off. Boom! Linkage, geared for the automotive life. Subscribe today at LinkageMag.com. I'm honored to say that my charity of choice here at Cars yeah! is Tech Force Foundation. They help young people find an education and career that aligns with their passions. For those who love cars, problem solving, and working with their hands, a career as a professional automotive technician is the perfect fit for a fulfilling life. We're all wired differently, and not every successful career demands a four-year university. Technical education and the skilled trades matter, and we need qualified skilled technicians to keep our vehicles rolling. Learn more about how you can support tomorrow's driving force and workforce of technicians at techforce.org, like I do here at Cars Yeah. All right, we're going to go on the ultimate drive, which means you get to pick a car that you're driving, a person that you're with, could be somebody living or deceased. Uh, you get to decide if you're at the wheel or they are. You're going to swap back and forth. Where are you going to be driving and what are you going to be talking about? So if I can make this happen, what would that ultimate drive look like for you? I'll start with what I would be in because that's the first thing. That's the first thing my uh, my mind goes of to. Of course. And, um, yeah, we're car guys. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking actually, which is a crazy answer for a long distance mountain drive, but it'd be so much fun. was a, fi- a Porsche 550 Spider Zagato. Mm. Um, those are just like... I have a very good friend with one of the replicas here in, uh-huh. in, in Northern California, and it's just like, it's 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 a beautiful car. It's a light car. It's a fun car. It's definitely a car my mind often attaches to, and one that I would love to drive one day. And I'm thinking I would love to have my dad along with me. I know it's probably a very basic answer, but yeah, it'd be a wonderful experience to have with him. We've we've driven um, a few times out in Europe, and I think we'd probably want to go do a long tour of the Alps out there. When I graduated college, I did. I did like a very, very long, long tour, about nine days long uh, with one of my good friends from college. And I'd love to recreate that with my dad, but in something a bit older. So that's why the 550 Spider came to mind. It's got a wonderful sound. It's so tossable. It's perfect. It's made for those Alps mountains, mountain climbs. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, they're, they're great. I bought one. Uh, it was a mine was a Beck Spider, but mm-hmm. it had been built by John Wilhoyt down in Long Beach, who restores oh, wow. real high end Porsches. And he built it using all Porsche parts, including the engine, the seats, the steering wheel, the gauges. I mean, he did an incredible job. A guy hired him to do this, and he spent way too much money. And then this guy got upside down in real estate and had to sell everything. And John called me and said, "I know you like spiders. This car is insane. Uh, you can get it for pennies on the dollar." So I bought it. And you talk about being with your father. I took my son who was eight at the time we flew down there and we spent five days driving it back up the coast wow. uh, which is cool because the car had no top no heat no radio <laughs> so it was really like driving a little race car yeah in fact i'll never forget at one point we were cruising and passing a semi truck and blake looks at me my son and he said dad we could just drive right under that thing Oh, yeah. sure. <laughs> and uh, I said, well, we could, but we're not going to. <laughs> Your mother would never forgive me if we didn't show up at home in a few days. Yeah, it, it was a really, really, really fun car. And I always loved those 550s. They've always been out of reach financially. They're just, and now they're just unobtainium. But uh, oh, yeah, yeah sure. but uh, there's some cool ways to go. So I think that would be a, a really, really fun trip for you. You've taken us on a really fun trip. And I really commend you for finding your passion at a young age and taking the bold steps to get out there and do what you're passionate about with these cohorts of yours, your two business partners there. What's uh, maybe a final word of wisdom, a thought you might leave us with before we let you go today? I was thinking about this. I think it was something that actually another person, another person that's important in my life, named Derek Tanscott, told me um, he's deep in the car world. He worked at Fantasy Junction for a long time now. He's over at EC Me. Mm-hmm. And he told me, Uh, about a year ago now he was like my friends with like strong passions in the automotive space constantly come to me and tell me they want to come work in it full-time yeah and almost none of them ever do he says i i I tell them exactly what they should do like how they should do it the mindset they should have and most of them never do it and he's like my biggest piece of advice is that you just have to do it (laughs) it's 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 very simple the earlier you do it the better it'll be because the longer you spend in a career the harder it will be to leave that career for um, something in the automotive space. So, Absolutely. And Derek was a past guest here on Cars Yeah. He was guest number nine, no, 597 back in September of 2016. Pretty early guest. Yeah. And, you know, as time goes by, you settle down, perhaps you get married, you have a family, you have mm-hmm. a house, a mortgage, all these things that keep you tied down from doing that. Not that they're bad things, but they do. And your responsibilities change. So, yeah, it's like the old saying, "What's when's the best time to plant a tree? Yesterday. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. So, so. Uh, get out there and live your dream. Because, again, listeners, we are living in a time that uh, allows you to do those kind of things. And even if it's a side hustle, instead of going mm. home at night and watching TV or wasting time at parties or whatever, use those hours. There's so many hours in a day that are untapped. Get up early. Work on your dream because uh, you can make it a reality just like Robert has here at The Vault. What's the best way for people to find out more about your company? Uh, I'd say go to our website, vaultautoclub.com. That's V-A-L-T Auto Club, all one word. Or shoot me a text, call, email, whatever. There you go. I'll make sure I put those links on Robert's show notes page. Check out what these guys are doing. I think they're going to inspire you to get out there and do something in the automotive world that you've always wanted to do. And I want to do a shout out to our mutual friend, Ingo, Ingo Schmolt. He's a past guest here. He's the one who introduced me to Robert. So Ingo, thanks for what you do. By the way, you regular listeners will recognize Ingo's the guy that shot those insane pictures of my Porsche Turbo, my orange crush 
came by Gig Harbor and we did a night shoot with that car. And oh my gosh, he did his magic uh, with my orange crush. So thanks again, Ingo, for your friendship. Robert, thank you for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for sharing your life and the vault with us. Until you and I talk again, I hope I'll see you at a vault experience somewhere (laughs) down the road. Thanks so much. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.